Welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls. Tune in to a live discussion at 3 p.m. UTC every Friday on Bullcrypt's Twitter Spaces. Hi everyone, welcome to Bullcaster, a talk show for all the crypto bulls. Here we are to discuss with most exciting industry topics with the best industry experts, influencers, and remarkable personalities. I'm Constantine Kogan, co-founder of Bullperks, and in today's show, we'll explore why stablecoins are the gateway to decentralization, together with our special guest, Elise Sam. Hi, Elise. Hi, how are you? <laughs> Amazing. You know, we have a, a lot to unpack, and uh, I'm glad that to have, have you here with us. Um, and just a few words about Elise, like she's a, she's a blockchain strategist, novel educator, multi-award winning author, serial co-founder, and uh, vehemently driven advocate. Like, you know, she worked with Dan Tapscott, like, you know, and published, you know, uh, several research papers, several books. And uh, basically, you know, we met uh, through a very interesting circumstances, which We'll discuss during, during the series, right? You know, um, I and by the way, it's worth all mentioning that you know, Lisa has been ranked in the top 50 blockchain writer, uh, blockchain writer in the top five women in NFT by Hacker Noon 2022. Uh, released the ABC of NFTs, world's youngest author, uh, her four year old son, and now releasing NFT encyclopedia with investor uh, inventors of NFTs. And this is this is exciting. You work in so much things, you know, I'm sure we're going to learn a lot from you today um but before before we go there do you want to you want to uh, tell how we met you know <laughs> well um i don't get hashtag crypto karen for no reason so i guess <laughs> um uh constantine actually and i have been both in blockchain for a long time so um we followed each other on social media uh, just fallen through um because of our network and um then I was so sweet and I tagged him and other people on Hacker Noon that were getting Noonie Awards. And I, little dorky nursey me, was so excited. I was like, oh, guys, we're up for Noonie Awards. And Constantine's like, that's not a real award. And I was like, oh, my gosh. So I was like, sir, excuse me, let me tell you, this is a real award. And David Snoot, and I, I started tagging all of the owners of Hacker Noon in there. And I'm like, you don't know what they've built. And this is by merit. And you should be proud. And Constantine was like, super cool. And he was like, girl, you karen me. You're right. I'm sorry. And I was like, oh, you're so sweet. So we've been friends since. <laughs> so. You know, ironically, that that actually that year, I mean, I also won this Noonie Award uh, like for, for, for the best like, You beat me. You, you beat me. So there you go. <laughs> so, so yeah, we, that's, that's how we started. Like, you know, but listen, you, your story is so intriguing. Like, you know, you are truly a role model for a lot of people. Like, uh, people follow you, people read you, and if I may, I mean, can you share us a little bit about your journey, like from, you know, from a hospice nurse to the best-selling blockchain author? Like, I think, you know, this is just by itself really inspiring. Well, um, it's a funny story. People like to ask me how I got into blockchain, and I like to say by accident. <laughs> so I was actually stopped at a red light, and I was plowed by a semi-truck. 
So I've got seven spinal injuries, a metal clavicle and shattered bones throughout my body. And so being a nurse and taking care of my patients, because I wasn't like a nurse, like hospice nurses are physical laborers. You know, we turn our patients, we bathe our patients, you know, um, we give them medicine, we work with them for three days at a time, you know, to make sure that they're there. And I also took care of mentally ill patients as well. Um, and so it was just it was just too hard to do it at that point. So I got into blockchain actually very early, um, 2013, and I reached out to industry leaders. I pulled out all of my nursing retirement. I went all into Bitcoin and then into Ethereum right after. I met the founders of Ethereum and I asked them to train me in um, blockchain because I knew that this was going to be revolutionary. I prayed and I said, God, please help solve disability, help solve poverty. And he was like, here, have this internet money, you nerd. And I was like, oh, wow, because all my dreams come true. I don't even know what this is or how to turn on a computer, but let's do it. And just like that, um, I became obsessed. I spent no less than 14 hours a day in books in the hospital. Um, Dimitri Buterin gave me everything I needed to learn blockchain. I was picked up by uh, Team McAfee and, uh, mm -hmm. and worked in privacy. And so I've launched tokens. Um, I've worked with GSR and in marketing. I've done it all. So mining, trading, launching, development, you name it, I've done it. I'm just here to serve the community. Perfect. This is really inspiring. And, you know, then then you basically went to writing books as well. Like, and then like, I would say um, helping others to understand the, the industry much better. So you wrote the books like Stablecoin Economy and Complete 2020 Guide to Stablecoins, which is set as like number one new release in business and money and on Amazon books, which is by itself also really impressive. Um, and from the title of your books, obviously you, you cared, you know, in this particular period of your life, like, like more about stable coins. So what do you think is the most important thing people should know about stable coins? You know, I have not cared that much about stable coins, to be honest with you, is to prove a point. Um, I wrote an article um, eight years ago on stable coins, and they put a naughty nurse on the cover at this cryptocurrency magazine. Since I'm not a naughty nurse, I was not impressed by that. I'm a very conservative nurse. And they, um, um, so my uh, payback to them was to give them their $200 back for their impressive article I wrote for them. And I wrote all the books and it became a college textbook. Okay. So that was my interest in stable coins. It was when a man hurt me. I do naughty things. And so like... So you making him an naughty nurse at the end. <laughs> right, right. I'm going to make sure you have to read my book in college if you treat me bad, okay? So there you go. Um, but uh, stable coins and why I think that they were so important, you know, starting early on, um, especially with Tether, it's the most traded cryptocurrency that there is, Tether still to this day. Um, and why, um, like I said, um, multiple times, it's just an avenue for people to learn how to use a decentralized economic system. So, you know, like with America here, uh, we have the CBD come in, the CBC come in. 
and mm-hmm. they want to have the digital dollar. And this is going to teach people, you know, like credit cards are teaching people how to use money digitally um, and debit cards are using digitally. But, you know, like the digital dollar is going to teach people actually how to use cryptocurrency. So I think it's just a gateway. It's it's going to open the doors to education there. And we don't have to talk so much if they can just use something. For sure. So, so for for now, like you know, one of the most popular, as you mentioned, Tether, and then USDC, right? Yeah. So they're pegged one to one to dollar, right? So it's basically serving the purpose of, uh, like tra- another tool besides dollar, like you know, which trading in different wallets, different payment rails, right? And that helps um, a lot, you know, like industry players. But maybe if you can talk a little bit about, like you know. You know, in your opinion, what are the the, mo- the most important key advantages of stable coins? Like, if you were for some people who don't use them every day, maybe there are a few people who are listening to us. They just know, just discovered Tether, like USDT, right? And they want to understand how to use it. What's what's in it for them? Well, first, I think people have to understand that there's five different types of stable coins. Okay, first, there's fiat-backed stable coins, and that would be just any type of dollar. So you would have yen or the USD or you know euro or whatever, um, and that's the first uh, type of stable coin. The second is a crypto-backed stable coin that can be a basket of stable coins, and that helps reduce volatility as well. Um, so you can have Ethereum, Doge, Bitcoin in a basket, and that can be a stable coin. Um, and then what you're doing when you buy that stable coin, you're investing in multiple different cryptocurrencies. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that can be useful. Um, the third way is a gold back or commodity backed. Um, this is a big one. I'm a really big fan of gold back, uh, silver, diamond back, any commodity backed stable coins. And yeah, and people ask why. Well, because, you know, like um, I've had people in Dubai ask me for trade, you know, do you have millions of dollars in Bitcoin or do you have millions of dollars in gold? And what are they doing to get that gold? You know, they have to transfer, you know, all of this weight in gold over to Dubai from Texas. You know, um, I like to use Anthem Gold as a really good example. He was one of the first gold backed stable coins and he's a very good friend of mine excuse me i had pneumonia (laughs) and so um he um he has a fantastic gold back stable coin that's been in existence for about five years now um and they keep cameras on and when you buy it they cut it and if you want it shipped they can ship to you um or they just keep it there on site um what that does if you're investing in stable coins um and you're not transferring the commodity it reduces the ecological footprint on the planet like you're saving the planet to invest in gold and not have it shipped to you to leave it somewhere so that's a really good idea um also those come in um baskets as well so you can buy um, different types of golds and diamonds together so that's a really great case use um and then your fourth backed um stable coin is algorithmic now that is um been in the news quite a bit lately um don't get on me i actually helped launch an algorithmic stable token with one of my best friends and soulmate brother um jp Baudier. and um it was a really great case use luna has 
not been a great case, Zeus. Um, it's been horrible. Um, but I still have faith and I think people should still look into algorithmic stable tokens into the future because it is a model where the financial banking system allows saving accounts to grow based on an economy. Um, and the bank is doing this already and they're making money off of us and they're not being transparent and they're not giving that money back to us. So if we can get Luna out of our minds and get that fixed and correct, you know, I think that there's a still hope for algorithmic stable coins. And then the last one very quickly is a hybrid. It can be crypto backed with fiat backed with gold backed with algo. Um, it could just be any number of them. And it's just called a hybrid. So um, now why is all that important? Um, why stable coins were invented were just to reduce the risk of volatility. Um, they've been around actually virtually since inception of Bitcoin. Mastercoin was the very first um, digital alternative currency. Mastercoin was meant to be a stable coin, but also a non-fungible token before those existed as well. So, and that's another conversation. <laughs> yeah, that's a, like, uh, I love your historian, like, uh, hat that you're wearing uh, sometimes, which I, you know, I appreciate as well, because I'm the same. Um, but so let me, let me play a little bit of the devil's advocate on the one thing, like, you know, that people might be curious about, like, when you're saying that, one of the uh, the second I think type that you mentioned is a, is a basket of like different other cryptos, which you know arguably some people said, well that's great you can package like you know like almost like an index you know like you make an index like with five different cryptos, but how can it make it stable? Because all of them on all the underlying assets like you know, if you, even if you take Ethereum like any others like you know they, they're volatile, right? So by packaging packaging them together, you create a synthetic asset which is equally volatile and, and subject to the volatility of different five assets. Yeah, it has a certain ratio uh, and, uh, of how it can balance each other, right? You know, because of the risk parameter. But it's, it's, it's some people say that this particular type is hardly can be even called uh, a stable coin. So I'm curious to hear your rebuttaling of this argument. You know, I I don't know, to be honest with you. It can be, it can reduce risk. But, you know, I go back and tell people, like, when they ask me to advise these projects when they're developing them, um, a lot of people will come to me and ask me to advise different stablecoin projects. And when it comes to crypto-backed stablecoins, I don't advise them. Um, that's one thing that I will say. Um, I cannot give legal or financial advice. You guys already know that. Um, but I don't invest in crypto backed stable coins either. And I will say that because, you know, I can just invest in those currencies myself. Like I can go and invest in Bitcoin, Ethereum and Polygon on my own and not have a basket there, you know, um, now this now crypto backed stable coins might be useful for somebody in a financial institute that is not familiar with cryptocurrency. And they do, you know, they're not on Binance, like a lot of us that are seasoned in the industry, you know, they're just on Coinbase. And there are some, you know, cult or meme coins that are backed by some of these, you know, crypto backed stable coins. So if somebody from like JP Morgan wants to get in and he's got this billionaire that just really wants to invest in this stuff and, you know, that might be a good avenue for them because they're just not as educated. But still, I mean, I think they should be calling a bunch of different people because 
there are, you know, people that do and financial institutions and cryptocurrency that will invest in those quote unquote crap coins. I don't, I don't think you can say the S word on YouTube, but the crap coins. Oh, oh, okay. Well, they can't invest in the shit coins guys and they shouldn't. <laughs> so. No, no, listen, I, I, so first of all, like most of our like people like, who are listening to us, they're already like a little bit of crypto savvy, so they don't know all those basic terms. Secondly, I do agree the crypto collateralized, like, you know, stable coins are very different by nature. But even Tether, like if you look, look at it, like they, I think they recently announced that they bought more of U.S. Treasury bonds, right? So what people have to understand, like, you know, Tether and BUSDC and many other stable coins, even fiat-based, they, they don't only hold fiat, they also hold, like, you know, papers, like, you know, like governments, because they're all, they're less risky. Treasury, treasury bonds, U.S. Treasury bonds are the most safest, like, you know, probably right now investment, like, for 180 years, right? That's what people probably forget. Like, it yields 1.7%, which is almost nothing, right? Inflation is higher than that. <laughs> That's a different story, right? So, but but to actually preserve, like, the value of something, right, and to be, like, your lateral, it's actually pretty good. So, okay, so this is, this is, this is interesting. So, we talked about this part, uh, and then like during the virtual block blockchain week, I remember you suggested the stable coins, they could um, be the key for big companies like, you know, Facebook, JP Morgan, uh, accepting decentralized assets as payment, right? And it's happening right now. We see a lot of like MasterCard, a lot of other big institutions are now trying to integrate stable coins. So what do you think is going to be next? Man, I don't know. Uh, regulation, honestly, um, especially because Luna just screwed us all up, to be honest with you. Um, I've gotten a lot of phone calls from different media outlets, um, you know, different people just asking questions. You know, what is this? Can you define this? Um, they're trying to get laws in order. And I think everybody is just kind of like in this Q4, this year of 2022, I think everybody's kind of at a standstill and is like trying to see what's going to go on, especially in global affairs, which is going to affect, you know, what happens in stable coins. The digital dollar is really going to change what we can and can't do as far as cryptocurrency goes in America, as far as I'm concerned. And I'll be frank with you, I try not to think about it because I think all of us have gotten into this industry because we wanted to exit from the main industry, you know, like I was going poor because I couldn't work as a nurse anymore, you know, mm -hmm. and I was losing my home. Like it, like disability wasn't going to work for me, you know, and this is a, a way for many people to have equal opportunity. So I'm really afraid for what the future holds, but there's a lot of people here um, in the industry, including me, you, um, a lot of us that are willing to fight for decentralization. Um, and I'll be honest with you, like um, the only reason that I've learned stable coins is to stay ahead of the industry um, and, you know, to know what I can legally do and not do when I launch my decentralized tokens and work. Um, and I'll be honest with you, except for commodity backed stable coins and possibly algorithmic savings accounts in the future, I'm not really that interested in stable coins that much because they're attached to the dirty dollar or I can do the crypto trading on my own. You know, I, I, I totally agree with you. I think CBDC is a, is a huge uh, problem for the entire industry because uh, if or 
better say when probably they will succeed that's going to centralize even more like things you know because that will make them to to basically uh create a new standard and everybody will have to obey like it's it's not a good thing people understand it's not a good thing for adoption at all at all it will centralize things to the roof and then it's going to be too late to fight so if somebody is listening right now and try to understand like the difference between the real decentralized assets and the centralized actors who are not there to protect your wallet or to protect your sovereignty or your identity or the way you move money they're actually digitizing it to have more control right and i want to say it out loud you know like i'm i'm not a, a like just as you are like i'm not a, also i wouldn't call myself like a radical person like an anarchist i do believe like you know government should have their own role but this initiative is very dangerous for the crypto industry like as, as a tool as a whole but it is oh i didn't mean to cut you off you asked about jp morgan too and i forgot yeah. to mention jp morgan right. has actually been involved in blockchain since 2015. they've been experimenting on quantum since 2015 yes. and jamie diamond blocked me on linkedin because he was bullying his daughter over bitcoin and i had something to say about it he wasn't as nice to you when i crypto carried him back then so no listen he i think he's in many ways with all the respect he's a hypocrite because you know what i i remember him clearly saying that there are gains digital assets like when you, you you know that they have positions in bitcoin you know that they have like like huge positions when they shorted like you know during 2017 18 and then he's like coming back and say well we're doing some research right we have like 40 people the department who's like researching i mean they were fully in already by by that time right so so i don't like those things it's a little bit of like not a, a lot of them like sounds like manipulation but that's a that's a different story. So I want to give an opportunity to our listeners uh, from YouTube, from Twitter, from LinkedIn to ask you questions, right? Because that's another part of our show. I want them to directly attack you in, in a good way, right? Oh, great. <laughs> yeah. I'm ready. So one, Bring that. <laughs> yeah. So one of them is FIFA Crypto from YouTube is asking, there are some big rumors against Tether. People say Tether doesn't have the collateral for the money it mints. How's that, how's that possible? Can this cause a, a black swan event? Um, it can. And um, Tether was actually in the past, I believe it was the end of 2017 or 18. I'll have to double check in my book. Um, but it, their attorney released a letter saying that they were only 75.8% backed. Mm -hmm. um, and so they were not backed at one point. Um, just like the bank doesn't have all the fiat there that they're loaning out, um, that can happen. Um, that's not supposed to happen in a fiat currency, uh, or I mean, in a, in a stable coin, the, the money is absolutely supposed to be there. Um, I don't have an answer for where that was or what they're doing right now. Um, I am good friends with people that started um, Tether, and they are absolutely fantastic. They've moved on to other things, so I don't know where Tether's at right now. Yeah, I, I, I can. The only thing what I remember that in May they actually published on their website, if you're interested, where it's it's official documents that were the, about explanation of the pegging. So, short, long story short, they they explained 55 percent of the total. Uh, reserves are now in U.S. Treasuries, right? And this that and the commercial paper now makes up less than twenty nine percent of uh, the USDT backing. So you can read it up; it's all public, and uh, that can help you a little bit of understanding this part of things. That was okay. in May of this year. 
May, May this year. Yeah. Oh, May, wow. Okay. That's pretty recent. Yeah. Okay, great. Thank yeah. you. So, I so they're that. trying, they're, yeah, they're trying to also be public about it. And I think that was what they did was interesting. I read in their thread that they actually moved $10 billion in one time to show that like, listen, guys, if something happens, like a black swan event happens, we have like this collateral and it will survive as 10 to $20 billion out of 70 billion, which is a pretty substantial number. So I would say they're relatively safe. Again, not vouching for them, not a legal advice. To <laughs> okay. So Umar Yusuf from LinkedIn is asking, what is your favorite stable coin and why? Hey, Umar. Good to see you. Oh, my favorite stable coin. Uh, I think I already dropped it. Uh, I probably am going to go with Anthem Gold. You know, okay. Anthem is a good friend of mine. He's one of the most spiritual people I've ever met in my life. Um, he's just got a good heart. He also is big in privacy. Um, he's just an honest man. And his dad actually legalized gold in the United States. So he came with, um, you know, a big, big um, weight on his back. And he just seemed to carry it over in blockchain um, and carry his family name on beautifully. So I'm a little bit like you guys know, I'm a hospice nurse. So I'm a little bit of sentimental when you got a good people doing really great things and it's giving back to the planet. That's where you really have my love and you know where my heart goes to i'm a bad investor sometimes <laughs> too. but anthem anthem's great though investing in gold is obviously a smart move uh, I, I i agree actually i know them too so yes i i, I would double down this uh we have one question about algorithmic stable coins we'll probably skip that you talked about it so uh i would go straight to the uh oh this is a good one this time i'm sure you're going to appreciate this one mirai beta from youtube is asking how does it feel like to be a female uh, and keep a leader in a male-dominated industry? Do you have advice for girls who wish to build a career in Web3? Yes. Um, thank you so much for asking that. And I'll be frank with you. Um, it's very hard and it's very easy at the same time. And I think the women that don't admit that um, aren't being super honest. Um, when we walk into a room, it is virtually male dominated. Um, so two things are going to happen there. One, we're not going to get treated like we're the smartest person in the room, but we are going to get noticed. Um, you know, and it's really hard because we're not always noticed for our work. You know, like I've had a lot of people, you know, ask me if I was a Bitcoin model or if, you know, like if I was a marketing director or, you know, something like that. And I'm like, well, I'm actually a founder or, you know, I do this or that. Or even it, I was keynoting um, at NFT NYC and this girl was on stage and she's like, can you take my picture? And they're trying to give me the mic to go on stage. And I'm like, speak right I was after the guy that founded Wax. Like, I'm next. And she's like, take my picture. <laughs> and so, you know, like, they, you know, William Quigley didn't have to take that girl's photo sitting on the end of the stage. So I think as women, um, it's harder because I'm very empathetic and sweet. And we have to be really bullish and hard sometimes. We have to be bears. And we can't let people step on us. Like I said, you know, um, my article, like they sexualized me in my article. And if you guys read my book, it sounds like a 90 year old man wrote it. I know that I sound like Valley Girl Barbie speaking. I know it's okay. Um, but my copy is extremely poetic and it sounds like a British 90 year old professor wrote it. And it's technical copy too. 
So, you know, I would say the advice is like, be you because that's what Web3 is. You need to be you, but you need to be you authentically and be proud of it and not be ashamed of it and be good in everything that you're doing because, you know, like we're just, we're not going to be successful if we're not giving back or if we're only in it for ourselves. And that's the advice that I would have as a woman, just be freaking strong, be brutal, but be good in all you do. Thank you. I, on a positive note, like I think a lot of people who give you this compliment, like you know, about modeling, I think that's you. You can you can just take the good side of things and say like, well, okay, look, I look good. Like you know, the rest, like you just left aside, like you know, they don't care about it. Like you know, but I do agree with you. It's it's tough. Uh, another thing which may be interesting, I actually read that right now there is, I mean, it's a small increase from seven percent. We're seeing almost nine to ten percent increase of. Uh, uh, women in in uh, Web three industry, and that's that's amazing. I, I hope it's going to be more, and numbers will grow. Um, okay. And ladies, so- call me. You guys, just call me. We have a women in blockchain group and women in Web three groups, and we'll stick you in there. We'll get you a mentor and get you helped. Perfect. Thank you so much for that. Um, so there's an interesting question uh, from Belly of the Beast <laughs> from YouTube. What is your opinion of established stable coins? blacklisting accounts to align with government sanctions that recently did this after the u.s banned tornado cash yep i'm all about decentralization you know i uh i i believe that stable coins are the gateway to decentralization and i don't agree with them i don't think that people should have any rhyme reason or say in my money you know, I think it should be private. I don't like what they're doing. I don't think it's fair. You know, I don't think it's a way for poor people to survive. Um, you know, I grew up without running water at times. I grew up very poor, very uneducated. You know, like what they're doing is just denying us access to resources, education, and what we need. So I I don't like it. I don't agree with it. They need to stop. So I'll I'll call them and Karen them too and see how far I get. <laughs> I love it. That's you're going to be your mission, Karen. Karen and people. Okay. I'm going to write them a letter right now. <laughs> okay. Uh, Raphael from YouTube is asking: Do you think there will be a truly decentralized stablecoin that can solve the scalability problem that Dai is currently facing? How can this be achieved if not with over collateralization? You know, I think so. I think anything's possible. I think Dai has some solutions that they're not sharing right now um, that uh, you might want to be on the lookout for. And um, I think that there's also a couple of cryptocurrencies that are launching with solutions there. Um, and yes, um, a fully decentralized stable coin will be absolutely revolutionary. Um, and like I said, I, I see that, but again, like I'm a nurse, you guys, like I'm a nurse, I've been in blockchain for a long time. Um, but I'm still, you know, not on the financial realm. Um, and I'm a little bit utopian and when it comes to like seeing what we can do. So I, I still have hope and algorithm 
next table clients. Like I, I think Luna just broke my heart and I really see big institutions in the future working around algo stable coins in a very big way, especially with the way web three is coming up. Um, and the way that everybody is going to be kind of an autonomous bank and, you know, like their own entrepreneur with web three almost, um, in the next 10 to 15 years, I think that, uh, algorithmic stable coins are probably going to make a big comeback. Mm -hmm. So, you know, la last question, which I will ask you to do, I think for today, uh, would be an interesting one as well. Like it's, uh, it's coming from, uh, uh, from Nakamoto Sun. So maybe that's, that's the one, right? <laughs> from YouTube. Uh, we often hear that stable coins are the future of payments. What do you think, uh, will, will it ever be possible to pay for real world um, goods in stable coins? Yeah, you actually can now. Um, if you have a Coinbase yeah. card or you like uh, all the different little cards that they have, and you can actually pay with Tether right now, DAI, um, a lot of stable coins actually. So, um, and as they develop more and more debit cards that are inoperable or inoperable with uh, different stable coins, more and more will become available. Um, okay. I think, you know, in the very near future, um, I would say in the next two years or so, you'll just be able to have like Coinbase does just for every exchange that you own, they'll probably have a debit card and, you know, everything that you buy on there, you'll just be able to spend it. It just, it won't matter. It'll just come out as the common currency, you know, yeah. wherever we travel globally, you know, we won't probably have to go to banks in the near future to exchange currency anymore. It'll probably be on all those exchange cards. Yeah, and then the, if you actually read more of the news, like Visa and MasterCard, they already build the bridges for that because that you know they're helping the processes. So like if you're using Coinbase, as Valis mentioned, right? So that means somebody's already on the back end is processing it. So all, all the rails are ready. Like by the way, for someone from Europe, this year, if you're listening to us, like Revolut also, which is a pretty popular big like you know the uh, neo bank, right? You know they they just integrated stable coins and other cryptos. So. And I'm sure all the neo banks will do that first, and then we'll see traditional institutions will slowly but surely will you know catch up. Um, listen, it, it's it's really pleasure. It's always great to learn from you. I I implore people to uh, look up to your books, to um, Amazon, or all the, we'll share all the links to uh, all the amazing women in Web three who are just starting. We'll share the links of yours. Like if you if you want to contact Elise, she's a great, an amazing human being who just always like share the knowledge or help you. So please, um, you know, follow her and ask her anything. She's so very responsive. I know that for sure. <laughs> uh, and uh, yeah, listen, we, we're definitely gonna do something together you know we're not gonna announce maybe immediately that that this part will be a surprise but we already before the interview agreed that we'll do something together maybe a guideline or both like but i'm sure we're gonna surprise you in the future yeah, I'm really excited about that. And Constantine is making a premiere thanks to Dana, his marketing director, in my NFT encyclopedia. Um, they have some access to research that I didn't include in the encyclopedia because Constantine is always beating me. And so um, I'm excited to um, allow you to be in there and promote you and all of your hard work over the years because I just respect you so much and appreciate you. 
Um, you're such a great guy. So thank you very much for having me. It's been an absolute honor. And I can't wait to tell you all what we will be doing in the future because I need help with gaming and I'm going to help this guy do something, I think. So yeah, we're going to definitely work together. And I really appreciate your work as well and respect you as a human being, as a professional. So uh, thank you for everyone who was joining Bullcaster today. Please, if you haven't asked your question or we haven't read it, you can write in the comments. We'll publish everything. You know, like, uh, and please, please uh, join us for the next episodes, which is coming out usually at 3 p.m. UTC, which is 11 a.m. Uh, EST on YouTube Live, LinkedIn Live, Twitter, all the lives. So basically, you know the drill. <laughs> and again, thank you so much, Elisa. Like, really a pleasure. Stay tuned with Bullcaster, a talk show for all crypto bulls.